it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1586. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest by the name of Dr. Ken Yan. Dr. Ken Yan has been teaching in colleges and universities in Japan, France, Germany, Poland, and the United States for over 30 years. In 2015, he was a full-time research scholar in residence at the University of Science and Technology in France, where he taught courses on social structure of cyberspace for the School of Telemedia telecommunications. If I could speak today, that would be great. <laughs> telecommunications and engineering. Ken is currently a professor and the chair of the Department of History and Politics at McPherson College in Kansas and just completed his 21st year at that school. At McPherson, Ken teaches a course on the history of the automobile and the role of technology as an agent of social change. His current project for the college is a six-part summer school webinar about how the automobile has transformed the world and it's titled wheels of change how the automobile shape our lives and you know what you can sign up to take this course online we'll be back in just a minute to talk to ken but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible so sit tight keep your seatbelt on and we will be right back did you know covercraft is much more than car covers they offer protection for the inside of your vehicles too sunscreens to keep your vehicles cool and protected from the sun's damaging uv rays Dash pads that do the same so your dash stays looking new without all those ugly cracks and fading. The seat covers that are easily removed for washing are awesome, but it's their custom fit floor mats that I really love. Is your vehicle getting a little long in tooth? Well, there's no better way to give it a new car look than with a custom fit floor mat and trunk mat. I replace mine every few years with something a little different, contrasting just to have some fun. It stops that urge to buy a new car, and more importantly, it protects the factory carpets so when it's time to sell your vehicle, it looks brand new. They're easy to clean, they secure to the floor for safety, and they look oh so good. Don't forget your trunk, too. Custom-fit trunk liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect protection for the factory carpets from all those things that can stain and damage the floor of your vehicles. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that'll make you smile. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. So go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YAH120 at checkout. Tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Covercraft. They've got you covered. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. Four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing... These wines comprise of art, 
precision engineering science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners receive at Le Mans. The racing series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the racing series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYA at checkout. Cheers! Hey Ken, welcome to CARSYA. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm dropping it into gear and ready for a burnout. All right. Now, I'm getting a little of this. You know how when you you grow up, but you still have those dreams of going to school, you walk into your class, and you haven't prepared for the final? That's kind of the way I'm feeling today, talking to a professor. I haven't talked to too many professors in a long time. I went to college many, many decades ago. So uh, I'm going to try to be on my best behavior and be a good listener today for what you have to share. But I am going to ask you some questions. And the first one is, what do a lot of people not know about you, Ken, that uh, maybe you might expose today? Sure. I don't think I don't think there's very many people in the world that know this, but I'm a high school dropout. What? <laughs> yes. When I was 17, I, I went to high school in Germany, and I dropped out of school and took a job as a nursing assistant in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. School just didn't work for me. And so I wanted to do something different. Now, this is very interesting because look where you ended up. Back at school. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. you. we've got to elaborate. You know, normally I don't elaborate on this question much, but you, you've got me very intrigued here. So what brought you back to academia? Um, I have a very deep, innate curiosity about everything. Ah. Everything that comes in front of me. And so in the end, an academic life was one that I really found great joy in. I think that's great. Boy, you threw a curve at me there, Ken. So I think this is going to be a fun talk today. Let's start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning a little bit here on Cars Yeah. So Ken, grab the wheel. Okay. Um, an inspirational quote. There's a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. Whatever you do may seem insignificant to you, but it's most important that you do it. Oh, wow. For me, this is... Uh, been kind of a mantra for my life because I've come to understand that life is all about the very, very small details. It's the small things you do for each other. It's the way you treat each other. It's getting the small details right. You don't want to lose the forest for the trees, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have a big picture and and think big, but at the same time, uh, every moment, and this is especially true as a historian, every specific moment in the past and every specific moment in the present is very important. 
You know, I love this. My father was an architect and he always talked to me about the importance of details. And he loved that quote. I think it was Mies van der Rohe, God is in the details. Uh, and he was always pointing out little details all the time, things that I would typically not notice. And sometimes I kind of laugh to this day because it's almost a burden because I'm always looking at so many details and uh, focusing on those. But it's become a part of my life and it's a part of my life that I kind of carry along my father's legacy as well. Well, I would love to talk more and have you explain more about what you do and McPherson. Now, I've had several guests from McPherson on the school here. It's a great university. Uh, past Carsia guest, Amanda Gutierrez, who is the vice president for automotive restoration there, she contacted me and said, you know what? I'd love for you to have Ken on the show. He's putting on this very cool webinar series, we uh, Wheels of Change. So talk to us a little bit about what you do there at McPherson with your different uh, roles, but also about what this Wheels of Change, how the Automobile Shaped Our Lives webinar is going to be all about. Well, um, I'm glad that you give kudos to Amanda because this was originally her vision. She, you know, she realized that there's a lot of people in lockdown. Yep. There's a lot of people um, that could uh, get their lives enriched by what we do at the school. And so um, we sat down and started hammering out some models of things we could do that would really help people understand the non-mechanical side of the automobile. Now, the, the history of the automobile is completely mechanical, but it's the, the thing that really interests me interests me most is that it's profoundly changed every single aspect of our life. You know, the food we had for breakfast, had there not been the automobile, you would not have eaten anything that was produced more than five miles away from your house, you know, and, and it, it extends through your old, whole day and all your relationships. So we wanted to get some kind of series online, we thought, that would kind of connect the dots for that. And so um, we hammered through about a, a dozen ideas of uh, individual episodes, and we came up with six that we thought would really help connect the past to the present and help people understand how the car is actually a fundamental way of how they live today. And so that was our idea. You know, I love everything about this. And, and a lot of us don't think about what you just said. In, in the olden days, you could only eat something that was within a certain area around you because otherwise it would spoil. And now, I mean, this morning I had some blueberries out of my refrigerator that came from Chile. And, yeah. you know, I kind of look at that and I go, wow, I wonder how long ago somebody was picking these because they don't keep that long. Somebody in Chile, and I wonder if that person thought about, I wonder who's going to be eating this uh, this morning. It, it's really fascinating to me. So let's dive a little bit deeper into this webinar series. Can anybody sign up for this? Absolutely. Anybody can sign up for it. Uh, it's very easy. What you uh, what you need to do is go to www.mcpherson.edu slash wheels of change. And you can just sign up right there and it's going to be run. Uh, it's going to be run interactively with Q&A on Thursday afternoons at one o'clock. You know, this is so cool. I'll make sure I put a link to this on Ken Shunro's page. So all of you listening can sign up and can enjoy this. Now, with what you do at the university there, you've been there for quite a while, but you've taught all around the world. Let me ask you this. Is the automobile and its effect on society kind of the same all around the world, or is it very different in different cultures and different parts of the world? That's a really great question. There are some things that are uh, universally powerful about it. For example, your blueberries those blueberries went onto a truck. And so that story of how the automobile completely rewrites the economic opportunities and the structure of wealth is a universal formula across the planet. 
at the same time, different cultures um, adapt the automobile for their needs. You know, one of my favorite things that I saw uh, traveling in Thailand, for example, was uh, the ways that truck drivers modify their trucks and add ornaments oh, and yeah. Buddhist shrines <laughs> built into them. It's, it's amazing. And of course, everybody's, uh, not everybody, uh, many automotive people are really familiar with the story of Cuba and the way Cuba adopted its automobile technology during the Castro years mm-hmm. when it was impossible to get parts where a, a tractor transmission might find its way onto a Bel Air or amazing modifications. And so there's a lot of cultural variation. Uh, in Germany, for example, uh, there's a lot of a, a national identity associated with the car, just like there is in the United States. And, you know, one of the big stories in our day and age is about how global economic patterns have shifted because countries want to have their own source of automobiles. French want to make sure that they have French automobiles. Sweden wants to make sure they have Swedish automobiles. And a lot of you know what people have looked at as, as the changes in Detroit, and many people point fingers, but I would point to global automobile identity as kind of a main source, source of that change. So yeah, it has a lot of variations. Well, of course, what we're seeing now, this rapid dynamic change in transportation, uh, just yesterday, the day that we're recording this is middle of June, but yesterday I saw where Tesla now has announced uh, a million-mile battery, basically, for their cars. Where you, I'm thinking you can now, instead of taking a car in when the engine's worn out, you take it in when the body's worn out, take the batteries out, put it in a new body for the car, and you keep going. I mean, there's another game-changer when you think about technology and the automobile and especially with a, what a company like Tesla's doing what they didn't they launch a car into space it's out there flying yeah isn't that wonderful <laughs> reminds me of that old heavy metal magazine uh, um, and movie where they had a, a Corvette out in orbit with yes. a guy in a spaceshoot yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just phenomenal. So, uh, in the course that you teach at the university there, what are some of the things that you talk to your students about and teach them about when it comes to the automobile? Because I know McPherson is known for being a four-year accredited school for restoring automobiles, keeping the history alive. But are there things you talk about in your course that affect the future of the automobile? Well, uh, this is one of the things that I'm very proud of as a hallmark of of what we do. And first is that The teaching automobile history is actually a significant part of the whole curriculum because if you're going to understand upholstery in a vintage automobile, um, you end up learning about the context and the changes in textiles and weaving technology. If you're understanding paints, you're understanding the different formulations, the introduction introduction of carbon black. And so history is spread throughout it. But one of the things that we do in my uh, social history, the automobile class, and in my technology classes, we do technology forecasting. Mm. Uh, there are methods that were developed by the Rand Corporation in the early 1970s uh, called Delta Techniques. And a Delta Technique is a study where you do these independent generation of brainstorming of ideas and then ways of fact-checking it that you can do that. You can ask, given what we know, where do we expect the car to be next year? That's pretty easy. Given what we know then, what do we expect as possibilities for five years, 10 years, 50 years out? And then the other interesting question that we focus on in these two particular classes is how will that impact the way we live? Let me give you a tiny example. A tiny example is autonomous driving cars. You know, it's it's such, such a fascinating thing from a technology question, but if you think of wanting to go to the doctor's office and you call your car and it 
you could it could be in a, a lot five miles away or it can it knows where all the traffic is because of its Google uplinks. Mm-hmm. And so you call your car, it scoops you up, it takes you to the driver doctor's office, it drops you off, and then it knows where the traffic and congestion is and where there's open parking spots, and it goes somewhere and loiters until it's ready. <laughs> and then you say, Hey, come get me. Yeah. It changes everything about urban transport. It changes congestion. It changes the needs we have for our cars. And so the, our lives are fundamentally altered by those technologies. And those are the things that we're focusing on in the types of classes that I teach. I think it's fascinating. And when this first came out, the whole idea of autonomous cars, I was, you know, typical gut car guy. I'm like, oh, I would never want a car to drive me somewhere. I'm I'm a good driver. And then I thought about my mother who's aging and, you know, she has some challenges with this aging. And what happens when you get older? You're visiting the doctor more. You're less likely to go out because traffic scares you. The nighttime, your vision isn't as strong and so forth. And I thought, Wow. Now there's one example where the vehicle takes, she doesn't have to be limited. Uh, And I love your idea of a car loitering somewhere, or maybe the car goes and gives someone else a ride somewhere and then comes back and gets you. So it's not sitting idle like an airplane. Uh, The worst thing is for an airplane to be sitting on the tarmac. It needs to be in the air all the time to be effective. And you think of all these vehicles that sit all day long in parking lots and go nowhere when they can be put to use to help other people get around and maybe can't drive themselves. I had a guest, several guests on the show who are uh, motorcycle riders who are blind and they've said, I can't wait for the day I can ride a motorcycle again because it's autonomous. Uh, So yeah. Well, let me follow up one more comment on that. Many, many technologists believe that it's inevitable that that technology will be so reliable that it's better than the driver. (laughs) Yes. And I think the engine of change for autonomous driving is going to be driven by the insurance industry. If you have an autonomous car, I think you're going to get a lower insurance rate. And if you have, and and we all know how cell phones and texting have made driving so much more dangerous. And so there will be a real concrete incentive for everybody to switch it into autonomous mode. Well, absolutely. Uh, for most of my life, when I was commuting to an office somewhere, now I now I commute down the hallway. I don't wear out my Michelins. I wear out my slippers. But when I was commuting to work every day, I used to think, man, all this wasted time. I wish I could have all that back. Now, way back when, there wasn't all these great things like books on your phones or apps or podcasts to listen to or anything. You're just stuck. You had the radio and some music, but those hours wasted if I could have those back. So and a lot of us who've not grown up in a city don't have uh, the uh, transportation available to us with trains and buses and things like that. So ah, there's there's a whole world of very, very fun things coming up for all of us, I think, which is great. I always like to ask my guests, Ken, uh, a question like this. I want you to share a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. This could be in your career, your life, whatever it is. But the most important thing, what was the learning lesson here so you can move forward in a positive way? So take us on a little journey. Well, this is in some ways it's it's kind of trivial, but it's really significant for me. Uh, my first car was a, a 1970 240Z, and and when I got it, it was uh, it was a pretty beat up. But it was my first car out of college, and it was what I could afford. And uh, in short order, it developed a leaky uh, head gasket, and the head warped. And I was really, you know, upset because I didn't have much money in the bank. And a buddy of mine said, you know, we can fix that. And I said, are you serious? And he said, yeah, let's put it in the garage. 
And he and I spent the time to take off the head, and we had the challenges and we mistakes, you know, working out of the Chilton's book. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it really changed my interaction with cars. It was, I had a fundamentally different experience with cars after that because it gave me a lot more confidence about what I might do and to understand how it worked. And, yeah. and it gave me personal confidence that I could do stuff. Very empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When you do that, uh, same experience for me in high school with my car, being able to work on it, learn how to do things and fix it. And let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors. And we come back. We're going to talk a little bit with you about your personal passion for car. Maybe talk a little more about that Z and some other vehicles in your life. So uh, sit tight, stay buckled up, and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read, whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yow for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yow, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture, across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. All right, Ken, we're back. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated uh, this passion that you have for cars because it's a big part of your life as a professor and teaching young people and old people that are in your classes uh, more about the automobile and their effects on our world and our lives. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a bit of a car guy? Oddly enough for me, I think it came later for me than most people because um, I was enraptured with cars as a kid. I love the pictures, the images. I love working on my Z, but I never really 
I wouldn't say I had a deep passion for the automobile. However, when I came to McPherson College 21 years ago, um, I was teaching you know, diplomacy and history of political philosophy. And they said, we need somebody who can teach the history of the automobile. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that sounds like such a cool idea. So interesting. What a great challenge. And so I started digging into it and I started teaching. And it wasn't until about three or four years into teaching that I really kind of got it. I got it that every single thing I do is about the automobile, yeah. how I relate to my family, where I work. And I, I kind of developed a personal theory that you should be super engaged with the automobile because it helps you better understand your life. Mm. And everybody and not everybody should be a, a vehicular-minded. Everybody should be a car nut. Everybody should because <laughs> because it'll – not because – Everybody has a different reason for it, but you should at least engage with it because it's a fundamental structure of everything you do. Really, and understand the effect. Now, this is a little sidebar question for you, and it it may be an impossible one to answer. But being a historian and a professor of automotive history, is there one thing that the automobile has done for mankind that you can narrow down to one very important thing? Yeah, I I would say there's a really great um, quote from – I believe it was coined from Sigmund Freud who said that we are prosthetic gods. Mm. And what he meant is that we build prostheses. You know, if you think of an artificial arm that helps you carry stuff, Mm -hmm. well, the car is a set of artificial legs that gives you mobility. It gives you options. It gives you uh, freedom. It gives you capacities – and creative capacities. It gives every, all kinds of capacities that extends the human being into its creative potential. And so that mobility is the story. And so people fall in love with car because it's crazy fast or the speed or the noise or the places they go or the ways they spend time with relationships with, with people that they went on those great road trips with. Mm. And so it's the prosthetic quality that it's a magnifier of the human spirit that's what is really magical about the automobile i'm so glad i asked that question that's very cool well it's a great segue into this next question which you may have already answered i asked my guests about a first really special vehicle in their life you mentioned that 1972-40z because it gave you freedom and it also empowered you to have confidence that you could repair your own uh, artificial limb if you will or limbs to get out there is that the first really special vehicle or is there another one that came along that was even more special I, I can't tell you how special that car was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got it. I didn't know anything about 240Zs. I drooled over them in the parking lot when they first came out. And I saw this one. It was my brother's former college roommate's thing that he'd beat up. And so I bought it without knowing a thing. And I jumped the, uh, behind the wheel and I saw the speedometer was weird because it went up to 160 <laughs> on the speedometer. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there was a plate on the inside door on the driver's side, November 1969, serial number 47. Wow. Holy, that was an early one. Yeah. Wow. Very early. It had some slightly different lines than than most of the cars had. It was a little more angular, Uh some subtle things about it, but I fell in love with that car. And it was part of where I was in my life, you know, just out of college and I had a great job, no bank account. I just cashed my check every week and lived (laughs) out of the back of my car. Oh, yeah. And just insane times with my buddies. Oh, man, that was a great car. What color was your Z? 
It was white. White. It okay. had it had black louvers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The louvers. louvers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those those are cool. There was a lady at the end of our street when they first came out, and I had a paper route at the time, and she had one that was kind of that lime green color, yellowish lime green kind of color. Yeah. That's the first one I fell in love with. Was a lime green one when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I thought, man, that lady's cool. Yeah. She wasn't married, and she was kind of this uh, mystique woman driving a little sports car that was kind of different back in the day. So uh, I think her name was Beverly actually uh, she eventually got married and actually my sister used to babysit for her but I ended up detailing that car for her multiple times and I thought man this is cool uh, fun car to drive too well here's a bit of an introspective question Ken I'm going to get into your head a little bit if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle you were actually manifest as a vehicle what would Ken Yon be and why oh man Okay, I know this is a little bit weird, but I'd be a Citroen Duchevaux. Okay, now there's an interesting car. Why that? I, I love a Citroen Duchevaux. It's got these kind of really funky, big, springy suspensions that you feel like you're always a boat gliding around on a lake. Oh, yeah. It's indestructible. It's got a really great history and story. It's got this really neat roll-back canvas top. Uh, everything's super simple, low-maintenance, easy to fix, goes anywhere, does anything. Not particularly fast. Well, very, very slow. And, <laughs> yeah. and I've actually heard people say that it's impossible for it to roll over because of the nature of the suspension, no matter how fast you go around a corner. And so there's some really things I just, I kind of, <laughs> I just love them. And the lines, I know they're goofy looking, but I, I just am drawn back to that car again and again. Well, you know, Amanda said that you are quite a character. So I, I kind of see this. Okay, this is pretty cool. A Duchevaux. Remember the first time I got a ride in one, a former past guest here, uh, Kenji Yoshino, who lives uh, up north of me near Seattle. He actually has a Citron parts business, a guy from Japan selling Citron parts. That's pretty unique. And the first time he gave me a ride in one of those, you're right. It's like being in a boat or in a cloud. It just rolled, and you think, are we rolling over? No, we're going to go back. And then the seats were so thick, full of foam. It was like sitting on a giant memory foam pillow or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Let me let me throw in one more thing about that, Mark. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you ever go to Paris and you need to go to Paris sometime, there's a little group that's run by university students where they have a fleet of douche chevaux. Okay. And you call them up and you get like a law student or someone yeah. who shows up and he picks you up and just drives around Paris. It doesn't cost anything at all. And it's just the very best way. Bopping around on cobblestones on a new uh, old douche chevaux is just amazing. You know, the la I'm wondering, the last time I was in Paris was for Retromobile and I saw a bright pink douche driving around. And one of the people we were with said, oh, that's the college students. They'll drive you around town. And yeah. that has to be the same group. So, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, how fantastic. Well, there's a good little tip for you listeners next time you're in Paris. That sounds like fun. All right, Ken, we're entering what I call the last lap, kind of a lightning round. I'm going to fire off some questions. Have you given us some quick blips of that Duchavo throttle? So here we go. <laughs> if, <laughs> okay. you can, if you can blip a, a Duchavo throttle. Uh, what's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes in life? Curiosity. Yeah. It's easy. I just want to open. I, anytime I'm walking down the creek and I see a rock, I want to flip it over and see what's under there. <laughs> nice way to go through life for sure. How about if I can arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that individual be? I so wish I could do this. I would have a drink with Alice Ramsey. Alice Ramsey. 
Alice Ramsey was the was a gal in 1909 who did a transcontinental drive, and she grabbed just two of her friends and just took off from New York and he- headed for San Francisco. Wow, a- amazing woman, unbelievable. You know, I just uh, did a show with uh, Kelly Earnhardt Miller. She's Dale Earnhardt's daughter and uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s brother. And we were in her show, we were talking about another very interesting woman named Bertha Benz. Have you ever heard oh, of Bertha that story? Benz is ama- That was my other choice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'd not heard of the woman you talked about. So I'll have to share that with Kelly. She just came out with a great book called Drive, where she talks about her, her relationship with her father, who, of course, was the great Dale Earnhardt Sr., race car driver and so forth. But uh, yeah, well, I'll have to look up this other woman more. I've not heard about her, but uh, there's a great video. Have you seen that video that's out there about Bertha that somebody put together? It's a very short video about her drive. I have. Yeah. I have. Isn't it fantastic? It's great. Yeah. Well, our our first episode on our Wheels of Change is going to be about road trips. Oh, perfect. Because it's a universal that everybody has a road trip story. And we're going to talk about Bertha Benz and her road trip and what is the common formula that make road trips a great human experience. Oh, I love it. This is fantastic. Well, when it comes to automotive advice, what's the best advice someone else has ever given you, Ken? Oh, the best advice I ever received about Arrest, it was about a restoration. It's like spend a lot of time picking your project. Don't respond to your impulse. <laughs> yeah. Don't pick the car that you love. Pick the car that's this just slightly ahead of you in uh, what you can do. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be learning, and you're going to get the car you want. Very interesting. I like that. Now, how about a resource? Is there one out there that you would advise our listeners to go to? I have to share the college website because we do amazing things, and it's www.mcpherson.edu. Absolutely. We are so full of people who love the car, and and I've got 30 years of teaching experience, and I I taught all around the world. And whenever I tell people about my job in Kansas, scholars from around the world are jealous. They want this job where students (laughs) want to be in the class, where the students are passionate, where you assign one and they do two. And it's just amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm going to add one to your resource on your show notes page, which I'll create for you on my website. And that is this uh, series of webinars, Wheels of Change, How the Automobile Shaped our lives. Again, I'll make sure I put a link to that so you listeners can go and sign up. And uh, if you can't do all of them, you can sign up for individual ones, but I would encourage you to check this out. Now, Ken, how about a book? Is there a book that you think our listeners should crack open and read that you've enjoyed? Okay. um, I am a college professor. Can I (laughs) sign two? Of course you can. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes, sir, professor. (laughs) Okay. The first one I I would recommend is called The Automobile in American Life by John Heitman. And it's uh, it's such a great look at um, how the automobile has changed cinema and music and the the clothes we choose to wear and how we work and it's it really helps you unpack and unfold the idea of how deeply the automobile is actually a big part of what you do and I think it'll really change your perspective on yourself and the car. And you had a second book? Yeah. The second book is is a is a technical book and I don't think it's known by very many people but it's called Ways of the World, a history of world's roads and the vehicles that used them. And it's by an, it's by a um a civil engineer who worked building highways for most of his life. And um his name is MG Lay 
And when he retired, he had this deep knowledge of roads, and he was really curious about how they happened. And of course, uh, there's no point in cars without roads. And so the evolution of the car in many ways parallels the evolution of the road. And so it's a really very fascinating, fascinating history. I'll have to get that for my wife. She was a civil engineer and designed roadways and things. So there you go. And she's a voracious book reader. So uh, hopefully she'll enjoy that. I'll make sure I put links to both these books on Ken's show notes page on the Cars website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Ken Yon, Y-O-H-N, into the search bar and that page will pop up. And these are two books that have never been recommended, which is pretty fascinating because I think my uh, guest resources, book resources page has about 1,600 books on it now. Quite a library there. So uh, it's nice to have two new books recommended. I was hoping that would happen. So Ken, we're up to the checkered flag here and I'm going to I'm going to do something nice for you today. I'm going to buy you a very cool collectible vehicle. It can be anything you'd like. It could belong to anybody you'd like. I'm going to park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules, of course, as there always are. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. I want you to enjoy it, so don't pick a garage queen that could just collect dust, something you could take out there. So it needs to tick some boxes, maybe go to a car show, cars and coffee, or a road trip. Uh, But here's the kicker. It's the only one cool collector car you have to park in your garage so uh it's gotta gotta do a lot of things so what can i buy you today oh man <laughs> i got so many answers to that but i i, I think i go with a Duesenberg sj oh oh my gosh okay i mean the lines are so elegant and it's actually so well engineered and it's actually uh, practical uh, yeah it just has a very special place yeah my heart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Quite a special vehicle. Absolutely. Nice choice. That's awesome. Well, Candy, you've taken me on a great ride today. Amanda said this would be fun and she uh, was telling the truth. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I'm really excited about this uh, Wheels of Change, how the automobile shaped our lives webinars that you listeners can actually sign up and enjoy that Ken is putting on. I'm sure you're going to learn a lot of really cool things just like I did today. But before I let you go, Ken, and drive off into the sunset in that beautiful beautiful Duesenberg. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance? Um, I don't know if this is wisdom, but it might be guidance. Um, Life is not a test run. You just got to get out there and break stuff. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find all these links on Ken's show notes page. And what's the best way for people to follow along with you? Um, stop by. Stop by. Go by the Come university. Go by the house, uh, have a cocktail, and we'll sit on the porch and chat. There you go. I'll make sure I put a link again uh, to Ken's, uh, Ken's uh, access at the university there. You never know who's listening to the show. You better be careful before you just invite people to your house. Uh, but we'll, we'll start with the university. Uh, great connection there. Uh, and make sure you go back and listen to some of the great guests I've had on the show from McPherson. Uh, some fantastic people, including, of course, Amanda, who's so wonderful. Uh, you can find everything on Ken's show notes page. Hey, Ken, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise uh, and your very positivity, which I love. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been such a joy to chat with you, and thanks for letting me share some ideas with your audience. Oh, absolutely. I sure hope our paths cross again soon. Take care. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? 
If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!